Jamakomo. Jamako. Hello. That's Hello. me learning how to read. Oh yeah, you were trying Jamako to Demiro Jamako Demiro's in the house. Demiro. <laughs> Jamako, whatever. No, so uh, we have Jocko here in my house. Jocko Hello. Jocko and I and, and Bob just came back from WorkbenchCon. Yes. Yeah. We missed you, Dave. I'm sorry. I still have not met you in person. Hopefully one day. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's like I know you. Already, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look good today. So basically, you just never have to get together. Right. It's, right. it's like good enough. Right. Meeting on the internet's good enough. Yeah, actually, a lot of people asked about you, Dave. Uh, a lot of people asked where you were and why didn't, you didn't come and stuff like that. So... You were missed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed not being there. So, next time. Hmm. And the interesting thing we're talking about that you guys feel like you know each other. You meet so many people at WorkbenchCon that as soon as you say hello, it's just like, oh hey, how you doing, man? And then you talk and you realize like, oh, we never met in person, have we? And you can't remember because so much of us, so many of us, talk so often so, through the internet. Funny story. Yesterday, when I first drove up to WorkbenchCon, <clears throat> um, JD and uh, Jody walked by my truck, and I have a, a kind of obvious land cruiser, like you can see it. So they walked by and knocked on the window, and they were like, hey, you know. And I was trying to get the car parked, so I couldn't talk to him at the time. And then at the end of the weekend, I walked past Jody finally, and I was like, hey, how you doing? Shook his hand, and, and he was like looking at my name tag going, who are you? Oh, oh, Bob, okay. you know. And it was funny because <laughs> I know him. I have I don't know if he knows me or not, but... It was just a really weird, one of those things where you feel like you know somebody, even though you don't really know them, you know? And also, yeah. it's an exhausting weekend, so you, you talk to people the entire time, and um, it gets kind of yeah. overwhelming, like your brain's just kind of fried at the end of the... You know what's happened to me? And I, I just, it's, it's like scrambled eggs. Your memory becomes scrambled eggs. And you hang out with somebody, and you're like, hey, dude, oh, we met in, uh, we met in Sky Attack. He goes, no, we met about three hours ago. I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I never met you for the first time until a couple of hours ago. That happened to me with one person. And then a couple of times it's like, oh, hey, wait, did, we, did we meet here last year? He's like, no, 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 we met two days ago when you first got here. I met you in the bar. I'm like, oh, man. So crazy. Yeah. Which is strange that you don't remember because you don't meet that many people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jocko's always impressed every time we meet people and I, and I remember something about them. Jocko goes, how can you possibly remember so many people that you talk to? He's always... <laughs> It's funny. Whenever we meet people, I got to give them the full one one. I got to tell Jocko the channel, the things they made. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm super bad account. with names, but you remember everything. Jocko remembers everybody's, uh, like the products they made or the videos they've done. I say yeah. that, he goes, oh, yes, I know him. Going to the, these events, are, it's just embarrassing for me because I don't remember anybody's names. And I, like, I need them to wear their Twitter or YouTube handle on their on their badge or something. Yeah, yeah me too. And I'm just like, oh, you're the guy. I'm sorry. So I find myself apologizing the whole no, time. No, it, it, it is funny. It, it is funny because when I, when I left and I'm doing the follow-up on Instagram and Twitter and you're seeing the people that are tweeting pictures and I'm retweeting pictures that we've all taken, I'm seeing the people that I've met and then I'm seeing their memes and I'm like, I know exactly who both of those individual things are and now they're married together. Because... None of no one's meme ever really looks like the person when you meet the right, person. Right. It's, it's funny how it's supposed to be a headshot to some extent, but it never looks like that person. Well, and if it's just a logo, then it it you know blends in with most of the other logos to some degree. Uh, there was a guy that I met, or I can remember logos better than faces. I can remember logos better than yeah. names. When he met you, Bob, he says he whispered to me, he "Goes who is that?" I go, "You know the, the, the <laughs> orange square, and it's got like the circuit letter M." In it. Uh, okay, okay. He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, does he do voiceovers?" <laughs> that guy's the worst. I remember that guy. <laughs> Speaking of, I'd like to publicly thank you, Jacko, for my gift. So anybody that didn't see thank on you. Instagram, he brought me the last prototype of the Maker Knife. Which yes. was super cool. Not anodized. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate. Which one? What you say? It's it's not anodized that one. So yeah. it's not you can't really use it because it's like softer than the other ones. But I, I wanted you to have it because you know you're the voice of the maker knife. So well, I, I appreciate yeah. it. It's super cool. I'm gonna put it on a shelf and not destroy it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anybody doesn't know by now, Bob did the voiceover for the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And how did how did that start? How did you how did you come to choose Bob? Is it because of this very podcast? 
Well, because I, yeah, for, because I heard when he was doing like the Batman voice, and I was like, man, I really like that voice. I want to use And then it was funny because he thought I didn't actually mean to want to having that voice, so he gave me like other two versions, like more normal. I was like, no, no, I want the Batman voice. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway, but it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, he, his response was like, I can totally use this one, but. <laughs> You know, would you do it like Batman instead? And I'm like, absolutely. I will totally do a Batman voice. So I think we should back up just a little bit. I'm pretty sure most people know yeah. what the Maker Knife is, but there might be a few who, who don't. So I want to talk about what you invented right. and, and how it works. So, yeah, um, obviously, that's like a product that I always use. Like, I wasn't using mine, of course, but like I use a, a, a utility knife like every day, a hundred times. Yep. So I, every time, you know, we're makers and we like to, you know, be picky about things and customize things. So I thought it would be amazing to make my own so I don't complain about what I don't like about the others. And luckily, a lot of people liked it. So, yeah. So, and actually, it was not even because I knew I wanted to make a product, but was not supposed to be that. It was another one that got too complicated. And it was like me and David, which is the, the guy I designed it with. Um, we were like, okay, let's take like a couple of weeks to like work on something else, just you know, to clear our mind. And then we got so excited about the knife that we just mm. did that. So, what made it like? Um, what made you go down the path of the features that you added? Because I mean, obviously, you know that utility knife's been done many, 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 many yeah. times. So, what was it that made you do the specific stuff like the slide the blade and anybody that hasn't seen it i don't know how you couldn't have seen it at this point but if you haven't um there's no like switch there's just like a hole in the middle you put your finger in it you slide it forward and the blade comes out and it locks and i yeah. still don't know how it works because i <laughs> opened one up but how'd you get to that i'm curious so the only feature i wanted in the beginning was like making something that was easy to customize you know for makers like make it your own and that's why the top plate is just like a piece of metal, like in this case, aluminum. It doesn't have any feature, so you can replace it with any material you want. I actually, at WorkbenchCon, I saw a lot of customized versions. Yeah, the one wooden one. I think uh, uh, Run CNC, Nick Wangard, yeah. made, made a couple of custom plates mm. for his. Yeah, and they're amazing. Like Really well done. Yeah, looking at those, I was like having goosebumps all over. Yeah. He made one in wood, and then he took a brass one, and he... He did this, it's called the engine turning, where yeah. you put a little spiral, like a series of little spirals, and it, it makes it look bejeweled. Yeah. Yeah, so Nick came out with a cool way of doing that on the CNC machine with a, with a drill hole pattern. Yeah. And, a, and a bit that would ordinarily be used, say, for instance, in a, in a Dremel tool for polishing up brass or, or steel. And he used just the end of it and touched on the uh, brass in, in a series of a grid pattern, and it makes a beautiful, beautiful little pattern that's reflects in the light so he did that to the brass one he made a wooden one yeah then, ip was ip what's the oh ipe ipe yeah, yeah really hard like a really really rigid uh brazilian hardwood and bob somebody you recently posted a picture somebody engraved your logo into the anodized oh yeah we did that Who here did that? uh yeah josh had done that on his with because he has the black one and so he put it in the Glowforge and like put a, a honeycomb pattern on one side. Yeah. And then on the other side, he put his signature and the M logo. And then my friend was over the other day and he's got one and he was like, hey, can we put your logo on this? I'm like, heck yeah. So, okay. it, you know, it takes, I think it honestly took 30 seconds to laser, you know, that logo on there. Um, and anybody that has a Glowforge, if you go in and select the preset for iPhone, there's like an iPhone 7 preset or something for to laser okay. onto that. If you pick that and then click full power, then it, it does it just fine. Hmm. So you don't have to change any settings. Hot tip. Yeah. So anyway, back to your, how'd you get to the, the mechanism? Like, what was the impetus there? Um, so, like, uh, first, of course, we drew a lot of sketches and stuff. And I really wanted to have a design that was easy to use with both hands. But Left then, and right. Yeah. But then... I don't actually remember how we got to that, like having the locking mechanism in the middle so it was accessible for, from both sides. But I think it, it was very cool to be you know, able to use it with both hands, like one at a time, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> The two-handed knife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
then we, we came up with that feature and where we tried the first versions were 3D printed, which is another cool thing about the time we live in because all the prototypes we, we made were just made with a 300 euro uh, 3D printer and a free piece of software, which is Fusion, which yeah. is crazy. <clears throat> right. And so when we did the first 3D printed prototype, it worked so well that we were like, wow, we, I think we, we got something. Well, you printed everything, even the spring mechanism inside. Yeah, and all yeah, that yeah stuff. everything was uh, up until the 15th uh, or 16th prototype were all 3D printed. Wow. And screws. Wow. And then once you got into metal, it was a whole new bag of, bag of problems to deal with. Well, it went a lot smoother than I thought because, you know, in 3D print, when they're 3D printed, they, you know, they slide well, it's plastic, it's, right. you know. But then I made one all in aluminum and it worked amazing, so we... Beautiful. Yeah. And now, now that this, how many have you made so far? How many are in the hands of makers? Uh, 10,000. Wow. And now, are you are you making some modifications to the next batch? You will be keeping. You're going to keep making them. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, we got a lot of um, feedback from the people that already have them. Mm-hmm. We got some problems too because, like, uh, some of the screw, like two of the screws for the clip, were like 0.15 millimeter too short. So oh. while using it, of course, uh, I don't know why in our prototype it didn't happen. But while using it, sometimes it's like a five percent of the knife. They get loose, like they lose the clip. Oh, so that's yeah. one thing we have to to um, address. Yeah, yeah. So we'll and make some you know, little modifications. Is that why I haven't gotten right. mine? Because you're because you, you're you're perfecting it first. <laughs> yeah. You you didn't get yours because uh, it, I put it in the special oh, pile. Okay. So <laughs> that's what he keeps telling everybody. I don't know what that All means. Week long, everybody's like, hey. Hey, where's my, where's my making? Oh, you're getting a special one. <laughs> That's the greatest. I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. No, it's, uh, it's funny. All weekend long, everybody, I watched everybody have idle chit-chat with Jocko. Hey, man, great to see you. Da-da, so nice to meet you in person. And then there's a pause and they go, when, when do I get my knife? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people had it, though. Yeah. But yeah, there was a random smattering of people who had it. And so everybody would crowd around it like it was uh, you know, like the newest yeah. iPhone. It was great. Because some people decided to have it shipped from Italy, you know, for customs. And so 1,500 knives were stuck in custom in Italy for like almost a month. And, you know, I couldn't do anything about it. We just had to wait. But we finally uh, have them. So while I was in Atlanta, we we got them. And you're going to have your knife (laughs) soon. Well, both of you. Sweet. (laughs) Because you still didn't get yours, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I showed Ginny... Um, like we were talking on the phone while I was in Atlanta and I showed her that one that you gave me and she was like, oh, is that mine? And I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> but we can get you one. Like, I you can didn't buy get you anything one. yet. Yeah. It goes in the museum. Yeah, so now I have to buy her one because she wants one as well. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jock, just to, uh, I'm going to uh, push the conversation a little bit. Jocko, you were going to do a talk at WorkbenchCon, but the, the audio system where the talk was going to take place just wasn't optimal, and you didn't want to throw the speech away. No, it was, yeah. yeah. I so, didn't feel like it. So. Uh, what, was some of the, what was some of the highlights of what you were going to talk about? You want to talk about it here? Um, you can do a Q&A. I'm not going to make you say the whole thing right here and listen. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't prepare completely. Cause <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just some, some of the highlights. Once he realized he was off the hook, he just said, went to bed. Yeah, it's because like a lot of people <laughs> ask me, well, of course... Uh, some people see like my new shop and everything and you know they think I'm using you know the maker knife money to do things I just wanted to give a little bit of the background of what I did before YouTube and the reason why you know uh, I do what I do and like before YouTube I was uh, I used to live in London and San Francisco I had like an IT company and um, a few years ago I sold it for like a good amount of money and normally when you do an exit, that's, that's called when you sell like a startup, uh, you have a bunch of money, you can decide who is going to waste your money by investing in other companies. <laughs> but what I did was like, I wanted to go back to Italy. I got a house, no furniture at all. And I really wanted to make something with my hands, which I think is kind of what you felt because you were both like computer guys, right? So yeah. I really had the need to make something that other people could 
understand, <laughs> even my parents. Mm. Up until that time, they didn't know what I was doing. And um, so I, th I took that house and I, and I was like, I'm going to do all the furniture, everything. And at that, that point, you know, to learn how to do these things, I started watching uh, YouTube videos, as we all do. And the more I was watching videos, the more I had to make, the more I was making, the more I was watching videos, the more I was watching videos, I was like, I want to make videos too. That's when I, uh, I make a couple of videos that were like private in my YouTube channel. Then one day I went to New York to... And I, <coughs> sorry. And I met Jimmy and I was like, you know, I would like to make some videos too. And it was like, okay, show me. And he liked the video, he subscribed. And from that point, I had like 27 subscribers, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this now. Well, it was funny. I didn't know this until recently. You sent me a private video. Yeah. And you didn't want me to, well, I guess neither one of us realized by liking it, I made it public. Exactly. To my fans, at least. Yeah. And so you said, what do you think of this? I go, oh, it's cool. I immediately liked and subscribed. Was I your first subscriber? You had a Yeah. I was? Yeah. Oh. The first subscriber. Oh, then wow. I remember I was like in the middle of Manhattan, and I watched my uh, phone. And I had 27 subscribers. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was. <laughs> Super cool. And then, um, yeah. Okay, I guess I'm going to put them public. Yeah. Hmm. And then how, uh, how far are you along making furniture in the house? Or have you been diverted into much other things, many other things? Well, yeah. I, I actually never made videos about my furniture. Because, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. I was not that proud. <laughs> when you go to Jocko's house, there's a big fidget spinner. <laughs> and then there's like a, there's a frozen explosion of uh, ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <the> sculpture. <laughs> but I was like, um, I'm going to, you know, select a budget for it, which was 5,000 euro. And I want to see how long it's going to last. And the YouTube adventure? Yeah. yeah. And I never put other money in it. So 5,000 wow. euro is kind of... That's great. And then you, you hit the ground running with a big dream shop and everybody was like, oh my God, he's got a forklift, he's got a grid wall of yeah. safe keep boxes and flames and studio lighting. And yeah. what was your inspiration right there? You immediately, like straight out of the, bat, the gate, you were inspiring everybody else. Uh, yeah, I mean... With your vision. Yeah, because my first videos were shot in my garage. Then I moved to another bigger one, then another bigger one, and now this huge factory that it's like... I'm now, seriously living my dream. And uh, that's amazing. Could you just clear up one myth? Everybody thinks that you put out the Maker Kickstarter, the Knife Kickstarter, yeah. and that you immediately took throngs of cash and ran out and bought this factory. Did you make <laughs> it clear to everybody that's listening? I tried, but there's still... You had that factory before the Kickstarter. Actually, at the same time, because while I was here that I launched the Kickstarter, right. I was also you, doing the, uh, the, deal for the auction. Yeah, yeah so... Well, even though they're coincidental, they're not necessarily in response to one no, another. not at all. Yeah. And I can vouch for that because I remember you sending me pictures of the place and being like, look how yeah. big this place is. And I was, <laughs> I was amazed. <laughs> You're like, we can have people living in this part and I can put a thing over yeah. there and there's two floors or three floors. Oh, my God. It's insane. Crazy. Still, now that I'm talking about it, it's like I'm, every time some, some people ask me that, I'm like, wow, that's actually real. You know, it's, I still can't believe it. Oh, you mean when you see the outside influence like talking yeah, to you yeah. about it, you're like, wait, what factory? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right, I own a giant factory. Exactly. And can, you want to just talk for two seconds about how you, you don't have to talk details, but the, how you stumbled upon that? Because, uh, you know, I've even heard some people say, oh, it must be his family. Oh, no, 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 no. It was an auction. I mean, I've it been was looking... a foreclosure, basically. Yeah, because um, all the other shop that I had besides my garage were like, I was renting. So I was looking for something to buy. And that was a crazy deal. Like, for the amount of, uh, of money that I paid for that thing, in the place where I live, you basically buy one car garage. It's wow. like, yeah. It was a, a great deal. It was like the seventh round of uh, auction that didn't go through. And finally, I got it. So, well, so you got it at like a foreclosure auction. The, the business there had gone out and the place was sitting. And yeah. yeah, yeah. There were like, bankers and creditors waiting for some kind of money. And you yeah. came in and saved everybody's life. Yeah, that guy built this thing like he said he spent like three million euro i don't know if it's real but i'm pretty sure he didn't pay anything <laughs> that's, that's why he went out of business like it, it just made this uh big and how old the is water. the building itself 
Uh, ten years, yeah. not even. Mm, it's very modern, and he didn't use it basically. So yeah, the concrete, all everything looks like it's in perfect yeah. shape. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of work to do anyway because it's like just a, an empty space. But once the summer kicks in, will we see some drone shots? Maybe. Oh yeah, we haven't seen the drone shot. The problem is, um, it's like hundred meter from an airport. So oh, you got to be careful. Mm. Yeah, are you going to carpet but it? We'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole 3,000 square cool. meters are going to be carpet. Because that's what that you do. What you do yeah. We came up with a really cool idea. I don't want to say what it is, but yesterday in the airport, we came up with that idea for the interior design. Oh, yeah. I think if he does this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... Yeah, pretty nice. It's going to be really cool. He's got this one simple idea, and, and if it happens, it's going to be... It's, I think Honestly, I think it's going to be revolutionary for us with, when it comes to mm-hmm. advertisers and how to handle, you know. Yeah. I mean, because I had the idea to put that thing that I right. don't want to say what it is. But then you were like, oh, yeah, because then you can do that. So yeah. you, you made actually. We enforced like, the idea. Yeah. yeah hmm. So if it happens and it, it'll happen in Jocko's way, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. So After cool that show. we can talk about it. So <laughs> After show. People After like, show, we'll keep it even. <laughs> oh, nice. <Yeah. laughs> so <laughs> the one thing I love about Jocko is, I, I mean, I'm coming to realize how secretive he is. And like, we can't even like say certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's an Italian thing. Like you don't want to jink it. You know? Yeah, no, no. I totally can respect that. Because being in the world of inventors and stuff. And uh, it's almost like, it's like, here, take this precious Fabergé egg, but don't drop it. So he's like handed me like three eggs this week. <laughs> and he sees that what a big mouth I got. And I notice he sees me like walking this tight line. And I say, like, oh, I hope he doesn't say it. <laughs> I'm looking at me all the time. Why do you want to see it? Why are you talking about my secrets? <laughs> so, knowing what you know now about launching the Kickstarter project, would you ever launch another one? Or would you approach it any different? Oh, yeah. It's the best experience ever. The like, best? Yeah. Really? Oh, the best experience, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because people that buy the Maker now, or whatever, on Kickstarter, they're not just buying the thing, but they're... Um, yeah, they are, um, you know, part of the project. You know, they're not just customers. They're really part of the thing. They actually make it happen. So it's a complete different relationship. Like when we, we had some knives that got returned for problems, people not only send the knife, but they send us gifts, <laughs> wow. which is like, I don't think it, it does. I don't think it happens on Amazon or whatever, yeah. which is like, it, that tells you like the level of, connection we have with yeah love love and respect for the fans yeah. and the people which i think it's great and that's why i would do it like we are already working on another project possibly and i'm totally gonna do it huh. plus you, you validate the idea because you know imagine doing the same thing and put the um the money yourself first of all you don't know how many you're gonna make you don't know if it's gonna work at all so being able to validate the idea before actually producing it is crazy Obviously, there's a huge amount of stress that goes with the the unknown of the campaign finishing, like you want it to, and yes. then you're you're sitting there with a pile of money, and you have to like execute, use that money, you know, wisely to make sure it all happens, and then the whole manufacturing. I mean, it sounds like it was a good experience, but was the stress of any of those like a lot? Or was it too much? Like, what, did something stand out there? Uh, yes, because obviously. Uh, when you have problems and you're spending your own money, you know, it's just your money. But when you're spending other people's money, the level of pressure is like yeah. pretty high up. It's funny, on a much tinier, very, very tiny, tiny scale, I remember when I very first started the ice pick thing, it was a couple of people, I, I can't remember, maybe it was Louise, somebody said, hey, why don't you just put a hundred for sale? And if they sell, then you make them. You don't have to get, you don't have to get too yeah. involved. And then I put 100 for sale, pre-sale. They sold immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the couple of ice picks that I had made for myself, and I was like, well, this isn't acceptable for anybody besides me. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, because I made concessions for myself because I didn't care. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'll fix it. I'll change it later. But now I have to make 100 that are basically exactly the same and are durable in a way that my personal one never was because mm-hmm. I didn't use silver solder. Yeah. I used a tube that was too skinny. I didn't have any way of really keeping it inside. I used a tube that like kind of snug fit to it, but if the, if the ice pick got rusty or paint on it, it would literally marry inside of it. So I had to really approach the whole thing with a different mindset. So on a small scale, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like when you write a love letter to somebody mm-hmm. and you read it over in your head a hundred times. Yeah. 
you know, in the old days, you used to write a love letter to somebody and you'd send it and you'd like try and remember. What, now you send them an email and you read that email 50 times. Yeah, what's the like, letter? <laughs> yeah. What, what's the letter? <laughs> like A, B. So, <laughs> so uh, it's the same thing when you, when you make a, an edit in a video and you hit publish. All of a sudden you're like, now other people are watching it. And so you watch it in a completely different way. Yeah. So it's the same thing with any one of these products. You, you, you want to make sure that any hiccup, any bump in the road, anything is at least thought through as much as possible. And there's always a whole category of things you can't even possibly assume people will figure out until it's actually in the hands of a stranger. Yeah. And so that anxiety level is just, I mean, like I said, I can't imagine your anxiety level. I'm talking about putting out videos and ice picks, which there's no moving parts to either one of them. Yeah. And just that anxiety level is just crazy. But, you know, that's what separates the, you know, the men from the boys. It's doing, taking those chances and taking those risks and, yeah. You know, and then just keeping an open mind and being willing to communicate with everybody and fix it if, if there is a problem. Yeah. I mean, there have been times where I was like, I'm going to give up. You know, it's like, this is too much. I mean, while we were in China, we were pretty stressed out. Um, we were working in the factory from eight in the morning to 10 at night. You know, your, your, your mind goes like kind of crazy. Yeah. So every little problem sounds, you know, huge and you, you feel like you're not going to make it. You just want to disappear, go to Brazil or something. But, <laughs> With all that maker knife money. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad uh, I didn't die. <laughs> glad you didn't die too. <laughs> yeah. But you had some good people around you helping you through it. Yes. I think that the, the team is so important. Like I would never have made it without, you know, these guys, you know, David and uh, Daniel, which is actually, they both have a YouTube channel, uh, RC Explorer and Switch and Lever. Yeah. They've been a huge help, and Gabriello, which I call him Gabriello, but his real name is Gabriele. <laughs> uh, he's been with me from the very beginning. Like in the beginning, when I was just making videos, he was, you know, coming and helping, doing little things, and now he's like a super valuable part of the team, and it's crazy. Yeah, we're all friends. This is the amazing part. We laugh all day and we work right. hard. It's very cool. I was telling you one of the funniest things is when. Uh, you were trying to do the puzzle, figuring out how to drive the, the forklift. In yep. the recent series of videos, Jocko's uh, new yep. workshop, he's doing a series kind of more like a, a daily vlog, just talking about the process of making all the mm -hmm. different parts of the factory. And, and half of it was you trying to figure out how to drive the forklift through <laughs> a doorway with a piece of four meter steel on it. Yes. Which is hilarious. Me and Taylor and Willie were just sitting there watching the whole video and Willie and Taylor are like trying to negotiate. No, no, no. If he does this, he does that. And you got a conversation going with so many people, which is yes. hilarious. Yes. One, very funny. One lady, I can never remember her name. Oh, Tandem Madison. Thank you. Yeah. She actually made a drawing of what I had to do and I tried and it worked perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and like seeing Daniel giving you like just standing there in his overcoat giving you his like information on how yeah. like, no 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 do this do that do that do this <laughs> it was so cool it was it was just so funny and like but I, I, a teacher once told me many years ago as an artist you're going to be the one that stops and stares at a, a tree and looks at the shape of the bark you know while your friends keep moving through the crowd you're going to be the one that stops and looks at a puddle and like the shape of the puddle and. And, you know, I think we all do that in our own way. I That's remember nice. saying that the yeah. first day of class and, and my first day of art school. And and anytime I see stuff like that, like you're trying to figure out how to drive a forklift through a door, which yeah. is like anybody would be like, just carry it and be gone with yeah, it. Yeah, I got some <laughs> comments like that, but that was not the point, obviously. Yeah, the point was just to overanalyze something and yeah. just take away a, a certain process of thinking. Yeah. So next time, if I actually need to do it, I know how to do it. Yeah, and that's what's fun about your videos too. And the, the new little drone in the most recent video, you have a tiny, tiny drone. Oh, it's so cool! And I thought it was one of those janky little drones that immediately flop and fall on the ground. Yeah. And you sent it for a flight, and, and it's just like, what we go? Let me go see what the guy's doing <laughs> all the way over there. <laughs> and it was like as if you didn't realize there was a drone buzzing like an inch away from his head. <laughs> it was very fun. So just these little games you play are great. With the big space that you have now, like how are you going about planning? Are you trying to plan out the whole thing or are you just taking it like a little section at a time and just focusing on, you know? Yeah, a little, little section at a time. Yeah. You know, I don't want to make the mistake of thinking that I have so much space that I can do whatever I want and not be organized. So, because that's the, what you I did. You just saw in, my shop yesterday, that's why I said that's the problem I had in the other shop, which was like pretty big. Like when it was empty, it looked huge. Then you start putting things like randomly and it becomes like a huge mess. So I don't want to do that. 
mistake again, and I'm gonna try to be super careful about planning everything. At least one piece at a time. You know, I'm, I'm gonna start by with the woodworking area, then the metalworking area, and try to don't think I have so much space. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. In your video, you talked about like where you're building out the office now. You talk about that becoming yeah. something else later on. Can you talk about what that is, or is that a secret thing? I know it's not secret. It's just that I actually don't know. Oh. Because it's probably yeah, it's probably gonna be like. Obviously, it's a clean room, so I'm going to put there probably, like, you know, 3D printers or, like, electronic, something like that. But I don't know exactly. Maybe the store, you know, the, the where I'm going to store the um, the maker knives and whatever. It's going to be another clean room. Gotcha. Dust-free that it's going to become something. I, I have an issue where I love the setup process so much that that is the, that is the, the thing that I want to do. So when I got my music room set up, like I spent all this time getting everything perfect and having it all ready to go. Then once, once it's ready to go, I don't use it. Same thing with my office. I got everything arranged where I want it, my desk, my speakers, and, and, and I can record a podcast at the click of a button or I could record a, an idea right away. And then the same thing with my shop. Like it's all set up now. I want to move on to the next thing sort of. Do you, do you, yeah. Do you know what you want to do once it's once it's complete? Um, actually, no. I mean, the the last like, ultimate goal is having a place where we can prototype anything, both for videos and for our products. So we're gonna have the machines and the people capable of achieving whatever we want. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, that's why I do everything I do. But I think I think what uh, I can identify what Dave's talking yeah, about is that you you work so hard. Like for instance, with the barn, like I'm yeah. like almost there, I'm making the barn, making the barn, and now that it's done, I'm like okay, that goal is achieved. It's almost like you're yeah. exhausted, yeah. and you want to just leave it. You want to just walk <laughs> away from it because, of course, we won't. But you want to like, what's the next thing? Because you're, I think we're all yeah. in a way addicted to that drama yeah. of of the stress of of the yeah. process. So once the process is done, it's almost like. All right, that relationship is exhausted. What's the next relationship I'm going to get in, challenge, and try and fix and work through? Hmm. Well, speaking of, but then also you know that that's done in there. Speak, yeah. Speaking of, David, I saw a picture of your shop with nothing in it. Oh, Empty. that was an old photo. I was just going to ask too. Oh, oh man, I was just trolling my audience. I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I thought you changed the color of the carpet. Or something. <laughs> the, the the carpet is slowly changing color on its own, just from it's it's never been washed and so like dirty feet spilling oil spilling paint and everything so it's it's slowly changing color on its own it's okay you can replace it with shag one of these days <laughs> yeah. by the way dave you put out a picture of a, a throwback thursday oh you, yes a couple yes. years ago and, the, <laughs> and and everybody's like oh my god it looks like a headshot <laughs> that's why we joke we were joking around at dinner and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look like you look like the drunk Nick Nolte arrested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, uh, is that an insult? I'm not sure. Uh, so I I start, so every spring I shave off my beard, and so in the meantime I'm I'm letting everything grow. So I stop shaving my head. I'm just letting my beard go crazy. And so I think I'm going to try to reproduce that shot here in a, in a month or so <laughs> um, to the dislike of of my wife she does not like it when i'm not well kept <laughs> I, uh, well, yeah, I have yeah. no idea <laughs> yeah yeah that no, was funny we were at we were at uh work by kind of dinner and i was like look at this picture but you know it looks like you got rested for drunk driving <laughs> <laughs> it was a throwback thursday that was my first ever throwback thursday i usually don't partake in that yeah yeah i if i find a cool picture I just posted, I'll go throwback whatever that day is. Throwback Wednesday or Tuesday. <laughs> throwback Sunday. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. If I, if I find a cool one. So, um, so, Jocko, can you give us any indication as to, which I expect not, but, you know, like what the next thing is, like next product? I mean, is it is it a tool? Is it uh, anything? It's, um, can, can I call it a tool? It's Probably. a tool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an everyday carry. 
Okay. I think jo- I told Jocko. <laughs> You're gonna spill it, Jimmy. I'm asking him. Uh, no, for I'm a reason. No, no. It has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with this company. I'm about to highlight. But when I see Jocko stuff, I see it the sexy European version of Leatherman. And again, it's not. He's not making a Leatherman tool, but the idea that this everyday carry that was designed by somebody that actually needed it, mm. not by some Chinese knockoff company, which a lot of products are, but by the person that conceived it. And the whole company is basically, it, the company itself is as efficient as that tool. And that's where Jocko's company is going to go. He's going to come up with everyday carry type of things that he himself would want to carry. And that he himself is going to basically have 90% of the design control over. Okay. And so it's going to come out sexy and beautiful and totally useful. It's mm. not going to be any, it's not going to be a money grab, which, you know, some of these things are. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm just going to do EDC stuff. Because right, of course, but you're setting it up so that you yeah. have this company I mean, with a very specific yeah. style and taste that that you, you have the luxury right now of not feeding it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It is what it is, and you know it's sure. making money, but it's like you don't have investors, you don't have people to please, you don't yeah, have timelines to. So you're gonna every product's gonna be super well thought through, whatever that product. Yeah, is that was the end. problem with my other company because it got you know pretty big and. I couldn't decide for my own company what I wanted to do. You know, there was people like let's say now I bought a huge robot arm for yeah. no reason. Like I'm, I right. don't know what, what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> I watched like ten people go, "What are you going to do with that robot arm?" And he goes, "I don't know." <laughs> and the conversation ends right there. Like if I imagine doing the same thing in the uh, other company, I had to you know ask permission to uh, other people, and it's kind of stupid. I, I hope I'm not going to get there again because. It would be pretty bad. It's funny because like I've I've owned companies before as well. And I was actually talking to somebody about that this weekend, how when you're young and you start a company and it does well, you bring on people, you yeah. overextend yourself a little bit, and then you have to like kind of play catch up. Like in that case, you know, you had other people involved and so you were beholden to other people. And then your exactly. second or third time around you're starting this thing and you're setting it up so that that never happens again. And you're far more cautious and you're far more like you think further ahead. And I'm in the same place where I'm trying to think about like, how do I not lose the freedom that I have right now to be able to do Mm -hmm. whatever I want to. But at the same time, you know, there's like a balance of having to grow and stuff. And I guess as you you add more products, you'll have to deal with the same thing. And I'm in a very fortunate uh, situation where I don't have to, you know, get money for myself because I'm, you know, my my own life. It's, you know, I got the money from the other company. So everything I make with this company just goes back to the company, to the people, to the tools and everything. Mm. And that's like a very, like, it's very nice. It's not that common, I think. And yeah. I'm very fortunate for that. Mm. Right. So if anybody needs money, just get in touch with Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard, anyway. I don't know if that, that's what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can try. <laughs> what are, do you... Uh, oh, go ahead, Dave. You go. So you have you have an idea for another product. How are you going to go about it the same way? Or have you learned anything that's, that's going to change your approach? I think I'm going to go about the same exact way. Kickstarter and all that. Because as I said before... There's no better way, in my opinion, maybe there is, but to validate the idea. Is there anything... And you like, get pre-sales, so you yeah. know it's sold. Is there yeah. anything within that Kickstarter program that you would like to... that you're going to change, though? Um, I'm not sure. Probably I'm going to make less variations, because that was a problem, you know, to fulfill the orders uh. where, you know, you have... We had, like, seven different kinds of orders, and that was, like, kind of a pain. Probably I'm going to start with just two colors and that's it. If you want to buy more, you're going to do it after because that was uh, a big problem to deal with. But other than that, I think it's going to be basically the same. What about the manufacturing? Like going forward, now you're going to have a lot more capability to do manufacturing yourself. Is that something you want to do or are you kind of looking at your shop as prototype factory? Yeah, I think it should be just prototype factory Hmm. because... I mean, as much as I try, when I when I first started ordering um, samples, I ordered them from everywhere, like literally every country in the world. And besides having other problems, like you can't really compete with, you know, Chinese prices. And the good thing about, you know, because people think, you know, Chinese products are just bad. The reason why we think that is because they can do very bad products for virtually no money 
But if you go there, what we did, we went there, we used their machine, you we sat programmed. On them. You sat on them. Yeah, we sure programmed. You what you wanted. Yeah, the, the CAM software, we did it ourselves. We did everything. The whole process, we done it ourselves. And if you tell them, do this, this, and this, they're going to do this, this, and this. So it's going to be almost the same price as other places, but it's going to be faster. You're going to have, you know, a lot of advantages. Well, actually, the EDM parts, if I was doing that anywhere in the world other than China, that would have been 90 euro to me, just that piece. Wow. 90 euro. That's, what is that in US dollars? 100 dollars. 100 dollars. So I would have to, you know. Make a knife would have been 200 and Yeah, something. Yeah. Wow. That was like just not doable. Yeah. And I, then I had to do um, the um, aluminum parts in another place that I'm not going to say which one was it because I don't want to offend. It's actually a great country. And they just didn't do it. Like we, we already had the order done. We paid half of it. And two weeks down the road, they just went like, we're not going to do it. So we didn't know. Well, what. right there you must have been panicking. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, the initial plan was, okay, we're going to have the EDM parts from China, the aluminum parts from this country. We're going to get all the pieces in Italy, and we're going to assemble in Italy and then ship it out. That didn't work, and we ended up going to China ourselves and do everything from there. Wow. So when we saw you guys hanging around in China doing all that, you, you basically were starting from scratch again yeah. for the majority of the product parts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a great trip, by the way, to watch you guys have fun. And it was really great knowing how, again, talking about the, the forklift stuff, how you and Daniel, like every day, Daniel was just making like the craziest discoveries. And he must have been, he was, I just happened to be watching because he was Instagramming more yeah. often, but he was just having such a ball. It was fun to watch him. He's such a little kid. Yeah, it's and awesome. a sense of discovery is like infectious when you watch. Yeah. But I think the whole team is like that. Like we don't know how to do anything, yeah. but we're really willing to learn how to do everything. Yeah. Which is like I think the secret there. It's like yeah. I'm never gonna hire someone that goes like, I know exactly how to do this because I've done this in this other company, I know everything, we're gonna do it this way, blah blah blah. Right. The whole team is just people that doesn't know how to do anything, but they really care, you know, they really care about learning. It's funny because I'm going to do a funny, I, I just had this funny analogy in my mind. Hanging out with Jocko always, it's like, I always worry that he's not having fun because he's very quiet. <laughs> I'm like, you're having fun? He's like, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Tell your face. But he's like a shark. This is a crazy analogy. You're like a shark swimming through the water very slow and steady. And of course, he eats like a shark. But besides that, <laughs> when he sees a piece of technology, he immediately like comes to life, and he like he sucks it all in, like the EDM. When yeah. we saw it, we went to Georgia Tech University. I was so excited. The students showed us around their tech lab. We had a really great tour, and we're like, "Oh, there's milling machines. Oh, there's three D printers. Oh, there's you know, oh, there's a three D printer that makes ten things at once. Oh, there's you know." And then all of a sudden, there was two wire. There was a wire EDM and a push EDM where you put a part in, and then it sinks into a piece of steel. And right away we stopped and like, that was cool. They had all kinds of cool parts there. And everybody on the tour was like, oh my God, what does this do? And how does this work? And, and I think the few people with us immediately were able to identify that, oh, you made the knife on this thing. Because <laughs> people would have seen that without the context of the knife. They might not have realized like the capabilities of that machine. Yeah. It's almost a little bit over most people's heads. A wire EDM is, a wire EDM is like a bandsaw. You have a, a thin blade that's 10,000 thick. And you pass a piece of metal through that blade or through that wire. I said, I said a blade. I meant to say it's just like a wire. It's like thicker than a human hair. And you pass the piece it's of metal. thinner than a human hair. Thicker than a, Did I say thinner? No, it's thinner. You said thicker. Oh, it's thinner than a human oh, hair. Oh, yeah. It's 120s. It can be. Like you can have thicker ones. But oh, wow. Yeah. See, why don't you say it? I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can explain it better. But yeah, it's like it's electrical discharge machining, meaning that it's... Um, uh, wire that uh, it's a big spool of wire. You actually lose it every time. It's not like a, you know, it's not coming back like oh, a okay. bandsaw. And the the wire never touches the the metal. It can cut anything that's conductive. It never touches the metal, but it just basically erode. Can I say erode? Is yep, that a word? Right. Erode the material just with little sparks, Spark. you know, of electricity. And you basically have no curve, like a very, very thin curve. When you see those videos that have like pieces of metal going one in another, one in another. Yeah, like a puzzle piece that slides out of a chunk of steel, a polished yeah. chunk of steel. That's made with EDM. Obviously, you, you told me something interesting. When yeah. you see that, people think that the curve 
the tolerance is almost like it looks like this one thousandth of airspace. Yeah. But that's because it's one part was made and then the second part was exactly. made and they were matched together. So even though it's super thin and accurate, it's you still, still have there. a little you can bit see of a slot. When, when those are closed, it, they look like one piece of metal. Yeah. And so you, you have. It's almost like if you laser cut paper, like, and you get up close, like if you laser cut like illustration board or even like eighth inch piece of wood, mm-hmm. you have that beautiful curve that goes straight through the wood. And that's what you get with a big chunk of spring steel. And, you know, you could even, you could EDM something that's as thick as a oh, inch. Actually, well, well, no, you, a lot you, more. A big machine, you could, it can, what is this in inches? Because my machine is uh, capable. It's like 18 inches. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Like three tons of material. Really? In that machine. Yeah. Wow. So, Which, um, well, because it's also very slow, but what you can do, you can stack different, you know, uh, pieces of uh, five like things plates, at once. Yeah. yeah, and you're gonna cut them all at the same time. So, so hmm. is there a way to do any kind of a puncture with that technology, or is it only like a face uh, a face cut? Or yeah, what what, what you do, you use the, yeah, yeah. What you do, you use the other EDM machine, which is plunge machine. Hmm. Basically, you use a die or like just a straight piece of um, copper or brass, and you use that to make like super thin uh, holes Entry. in your material. So those are like the entrance point for this them. fancy machine that they had at Georgia Tech. The guy said you can you can puncture with it. He did say that. No, uh, not, not the wire machine, the, the plunge one. You can, oh, right, maybe yeah. he was talking about that. No, what, what he said, and basically all of them, they can do it, uh, it can wire itself. Like if there's a hole in the middle of the material. You stick it through. Yeah. It, and then it finds a spool underneath and sucks it Correct. Up. Oh, crazy. While we were there, I think I, have some, I think I have some video of it will be in my vlog. They had huge garbage pails filled with the brass wire that, that is used in the process of cutting. Yeah, because that's a consumable at that point. Yeah, so it, it, like, it looked like hay. It was like a big bale. It looked like, but you get up close and it's, it's actual brass wire that's like 10,000 thick, somewhere around that thickness. And you could just pick it up and snap it. But it's crazy how it, it makes these incredibly precise cuts. And this machine had two individual heads, the ones we looked at. So the top head and the bottom head, like imagine the guides on a bandsaw blade, if they were CNC controlled, you could move them apart so your, your cutting wire will go through the material at an angle and then you could zigzag that angle. So when you, you have two pieces that puzzle together and they're opposite zigzags. And, yeah, yeah, let's say you want to make a cone, you can with that. Like yeah, you can, you can have make two a, different yeah, shapes. Taper, yeah. You can make a taper or a trapezoidal shape. So that, I think within limits, of course, but it's, it's pretty incredible to see that type of stuff. Yeah. It's a really great machine. Like the so, the, uh, the 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 frame part of the maker knife. How long is a what is a cycle on a cut like that? Like, is it ten seconds or is it like so? The EDM three part, minutes? you mean? Yeah, on the EDM machine. Um, well, since we are doing, you know, a stack at a time. Yeah, I can't really say, but like the whole thing is probably taking two hours. Oh, really? But you get a whole bunch done at once. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, crazy. I didn't even realize that. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So That's a lot more than I expected, but I understand how you can get multiples out of that two hours. It yeah. makes it more... So you have that machine usable. in your the lot that you got with the auction. What else? I mean, I know there's a bunch of giant CNC machines. Is there something else yes. really stand out in that lot that you got, or was the EDM like the, the thing? Well, you it's difficult to beat the EDM, I think, because... Um, yeah, the only machine that I wanted was the EDM machine, but then I had to buy everything in order to buy that. And the rest is just normal thing. Oh, well, one other thing that it's pretty cool is the air compressor, because um, how many gallons do you think? The- it's like the size of a truck. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it, it fills up the tank in 20 seconds. It's like the size, it's like the size of like a, you know, like an 18-foot pickup truck. Whoa. And yeah, the tank, it's crazy. It's like 30 kilowatt of power when it's running. It's also actually pretty uh, silent because it's, uh, I don't know what it's called in English, but it's basically spoons inside that push air. Anyway. Yeah. Is it, there's either a spiral compressor, which like is like a conical shape. No, it's not that. Uh, so it's uh, the pistons. No, not even that. It's like a strange thing. I never saw it before. I find out about that with that machine. It basically have. Uh, it's difficult to explain. Smart. It has like little spoons that push the air inside and they retract. Okay. I yeah. don't know. We'll look it up. Yeah. Do, do a vlog on it when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, actually pretty anxious to see some more videos about your 
your shop set up. I told you this when we were in Atlanta, but like it's been yeah. a while since I've seen a series that I'm like, man, when's the next one going to come out? And I'm <laughs> super excited about seeing how your shop turns nice. into like a big usable space. I, I can't wait. Thank you. So don't stop making those videos. <laughs> <laughs> I want to congratulate Jocko. He's just about to hit a half a million subscribers. So I want to congratulate you. Seventh time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing joke because Jocko, has, his fans have a love-hate relationship with him because he's, he's – how many times have you approached and passed – a half a million subscribers now. Uh, probably five or six times. Because what happened was when I, did, when I did the viral videos, I, I got a lot of, uh, you know, subscribers from those. And then I stopped making those videos for a while. Well, actually, I stopped making videos at all for a while. And now that I have the Maker Knife, I, you know, I was pushing that a lot. So every time I make a new video, I lose a lot of subscribers from, you know, the, mm. the viral videos. So... I, I gain subscribers and then I lose them every time I make a new video, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah. But I mean, I don't care at this point. Like, I, I know that uh, I'm going to do more of those videos just because that's something that I have really fun doing. It's, it's fun. It's a real good case study in, like, taking your channel and making a left turn. Yeah. And then not obviously being overly concerned with your audience because you're just doing what you do and you yeah. just want to be... I mean, I called it whatever from the day one yeah. just because I knew I didn't want to do the same thing over and over, yeah. which is a, a really bad decision for, you know, <laughs> if you want to grow a channel, that's exactly what you don't have to do. Right. But... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that same same thing's kind of worked for me. You know, like, I, I, I guess it is yeah. kind of niched down to, like, an area... But the specific stuff yeah. is really general. In fact, somebody was asking me about that this weekend. This guy was worried about making videos because he knew that they were going to be all over the place. And I'm like, man, don't, you know, it works. Like, it doesn't have to be yeah. a single thing. I think people are still interested. Yeah. I mean, especially like with, maybe... with, you know, the channel, your channel so far, you've done so many different, not different types of projects. I mean, you've done that as well, but not just that. But different types of videos, like the scope, the yeah. the. I mean, I was drawn to them because they were super artistic and well shot, and you obviously have a lot of talent there. Thank you. And then you get past that, and you're doing crazy inventions, and then you're doing crazy, you know, renovating this giant. Th I mean, there's just a huge range of <laughs> types of videos on top of types of projects, and so I, I don't know. It drew me in. I think it draws a lot of people in. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's like the fan base is like I have friends. You know, the viewers are all like super into it but obviously looking just at the numbers you know losing subscribers feels really bad but it's actually like i see it as an advantage like doing what i do is like people that stay are the people that really are into what i do and what i make they're gonna you know buy our products and everything so it's bad probably for sponsors and all that but right but you make it another tenfold elsewhere yeah so yeah. yeah, if you're only looking for numbers, you know, subscribers number, yeah. it's a pain. And I feel bad because every time people go like, "Oh yeah, you're about to, you know, reach five hundred thousand," and I, <laughs> and I always go like, "Oh yeah, yeah, thank you," but it's like the seventh time <laughs> that I. You know what? Just take a week, take a couple <laughs> days off on a week, and just make like a crazy fidget spinner with a slow motion camera where something explodes and spins and fire. Yeah, and I mean, then just just. Just call it the viral makeup video. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen just because, you know, that robot arm opens yeah. up to some yeah. pretty cool stuff. <laughs> but it's not, I mean, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. Probably I just want to, you know, go over 500,000 so people stop saying like, oh, congratulations. Because I feel bad for <laughs> them being happy for me, but it's kind of, you know. But yeah, you guys I mean, should start a subscriber farm. <laughs> get you get you up to like 550 just to get you past that home keep touching your feet no no it's not no, it's cute. <laughs> that's funny then cool you got the space um well uh you got anything else any other might uh maker knife secrets or topics or anything you want to chat about that i want to share with the world <laughs> yeah well we got you um i don't know well one other thing that um looking at the question that i got because they asked me why now I'm doing the Indiegogo after I did the Kickstarter. Because it sounds like a bad thing doing other pre-orders. But the initial um, uh, project was, you know, getting the pre-orders, uh, make 10,000 knives, and then have like a buffer that we can, you know, start the normal store. Not pre-orders, but just like a normal store where you can just buy it and you get it two days after. The problem is that all those 10,000 knives are gone. 
So I actually have to make another round of pre-orders, and I decided to do Indiegogo just to try it. Right, so it's just a test case, really. It's going to yeah. work, but it's just a matter of seeing the difference. Compared. Yeah, yeah, so I can see the difference between the two. Actually, the Kickstarter website is really bad made. <laughs> I can say anything good about Kickstarter. I mean, the idea works super good, but the software itself is really bad, in my opinion. But Indiegogo is a little better. Yeah. Cool. Go well, on. we'll put links to the uh, Indiegogo, so everybody, if you okay. didn't get a knife, you can hit the show notes and get one. I'm going to go there and get one for my wife because apparently I was supposed to do that. <laughs> the, in the red first one is pretty nice. Yeah, I might do the red one. And you and I had <laughs> talked a long time ago about potentially yeah. a, a custom I like to make stuff version. And then I decided not to chase it because Jimmy did his and everybody would say I was just copying what Jimmy did. But uh, maybe we'll do that. I, I, I would like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, an orange version would look sick. I almost wanted to do it for the Indiegogo, but I went with do you have do you, you don't have the Zippo lighter handy. It's in the box. No, yeah. Last night, Jocko, every time Jocko comes, we do this little tradition where we walk around my shop and I just give him like cutoffs and like filings and bits of the shop. So Jocko's going to have like the most intensive uh, cross-sectional slice of all my junk <laughs> in the shop. I give him like misprints from the printing press and stuff. And I went through, uh, I have... Uh, Everybody always thinks I'm selling these Zippo lighters. I've only made, I made about 20 of them. I've handed most of them away to friends and I've sold a couple on, on eBay. But I have one that's Bob Claggett orange with my logo <laughs> through it. We talked about it. Yeah. I owe you guys the Zippo lighters. And uh, so I said to, 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 to Jack, I said, uh, here's my Bob Claggett orange <laughs> to dress the logo. So you have both bases covered. Nice. Yeah. But I'm limited by what they sell at the counter at, at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about your version because I, I think we should make it. I mean, it's, yeah. I would love to do it. Yeah, I think it would be, the logo would look beautiful right I there. mean, the orange, it's really nice. So obviously the Maker Life is going to be pretty Would cool. you do the anodized orange so it's like metallic yes. looking? Yeah. Wouldn't be powder coated like the lighter? No, 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 no. It's and like the top, because all the other parts are hard anodized. And with hard anodization, you cannot do colors. You can just do, you know, a variation of like kind of silver and black. Right. But with um, the top plate, since it doesn't have any feature, I can do whatever color I want. Right. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll chat about it. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let me thank our Patreon supporters, and then we will talk about what we've been watching. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out on Patreon, but especially our top supporters, Weisel, Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, and Make, Build, Modify. Now, a lot of those people, like actually, let's see, one, two, three, four, five or six of those people were at WorkbenchCon, and I got to shake hands with them, and that was super cool. Um, so thanks to everybody who helps us out, but um, at any level, uh, we're really grateful for it. And if you are a patron, even at the $1 level, you get the after show, which is where we talk more and maybe we can wring some secrets <laughs> out of Jocko. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to do that right after this. Um, so if you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash making it, and we would appreciate it. David, you've been quiet for a while. What have you been watching? Katie Morton. She makes video. She's a licensed therapist and makes mental health videos, and they're really well done. They're straight to the point. It's just a, a talking head, but she covers a lot of good subjects and i think she does it very well so that is my pick katie morton cool jocko what have you been watching i wish i was prepared i don't know i watched so many videos but i i don't remember right now you're just buying time because you don't know like (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what i mean i'm gonna say jocko go watch jocko's daily videos because they're hilarious but uh, i got a chance to hang out with the third coast craftsman i'm looking through videos i watched while we were there so go check out the Third Coast Craftsman. He makes amazing, beautiful furniture. If I haven't already talked about him. The Third Coast Craftsman, yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude. I met him last year um, at, at WorkbenchCon, and I had never heard of his channel at that point. And in the year, um, he's, he makes really good videos, and his yeah. channel has grown a whole lot. So... Well, actually, I'm going to say my friend David. You remember when we were in Atlanta? We saw his video on TV. 
Oh, uh, D- Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, we saw we were we were sitting at breakfast and up on the screen Daniel's video where he makes no, a David. ring out of it. What? It was David, not Daniel, sorry. Oh, that was David? Yeah. I thought that was uh, that wasn't switching lever. N- no, switching lever. No, it was uh RC Explorer. Oh, okay. I thought it was cuz well, we kind of turned our heads when everything had already been in place. Uh right this minute, which picks up a lot of our YouTube videos. I've been on right this minute. You've been on it a few yeah. times. It's a channel. It's a TV show in America that uh, exploits YouTube viral videos, and so your buddy was on it making a meteorite. <laughs> it's it's like they don't, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> wait, that's David on TV while we were eating breakfast. It was yeah, so cool. He makes a ring out of a meteorite. Yeah. I don't think I followed David. I thought we was watching. Yeah, because I mean, other people did it already, but he explained like where the meteorite came from, like how old is it, and make like comparison. On like, it's crazy to think about that. That piece was like older than the earth. Yeah, you know, it looks ex- like he's working on a piece of metal, and then when he etches it, all of a sudden you see all these beautiful yeah. lines and like layers of sediment that just looks like steel. Yes, Damascus, you might say, but it was made by the earth, not by Alex Steel. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see. For mine, I so I had a, I met a guy named. I think his name's Blake Weber. Weber Woodshop. Um, met him this weekend, and oh, we Blake talked the for a long time. Fireman from California. And, uh, he came yeah. back over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he comes over, and he's got like a tray of coffee. And he's like, "Hey, man, you want some coffee?" I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, that's awesome. So he sits down, and we're drinking. And I'm like, "Thanks so much for the coffee." And he's like, "I've got another gift for you. Every week on the podcast, you don't have a pick, so I'm going to give you a pick <laughs> to do my YouTube channel." It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, anyway. But he does make good videos, and he's a he's a photographer and a fireman, and so his YouTube stuff is is like a it's a pure hobby. It's not like a ambition of his. Um, and he's a woodworker and does some really good stuff. And he's got a cool, uh, like really efficient shop. So yeah, go go check him out. I'll put links to it. Yeah. Everybody can go see it. Um, you guys got anything else? I think we're good. How much time we got? I just want to say that I love you guys. Love. Oh. <laughs> Aww. We love you right back. Cool. Uh, well, thank you, Jocko, so thanks for being with us thank this you, week, man. and we will see everybody thank later. You. I got some good afternoons, after, after show stuff. I got some good <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> okay. Okay.